everything from the moment you wake up. If you wake up and you decide you're going to have a stress day, you're going to have a stress day. If And I'm not just talking, uh, you know, uh, self-talk or, or anything like that. You need to just say, I'm going to be happy because you can, you can drive to work and have somebody cut in front of you and be mad for the rest of the day because that dumb SOB just did that and, you know, I might have spilled my coffee and what have you. Welcome to Radical Clarity with Yetende Shorters, where we discuss ideas, strategies, and concepts to support you in getting radically clear on your next level so that you can step up to the best versions of yourself for purpose, self-mastery, and living your best life now. I'm your host, Yetende Shorters, and I come to you with 20 years of experience as an international publicist, an NLP master certified coach for women entrepreneurs, a brain-centric instructional designer, a wife, a twin mom, and a bona fide foodie. And look forward to you getting radically clear on your purpose. Shall we begin? Did you know that 72% of adults surveyed said that they experience enjoyment and 86% say that they feel respected? That is according to research by Gallup Analytics, and I know it's hard to believe with everything that's going on in the world, but it is true and it's happening and I want to share more with you. Welcome to Radical Clarity with Yetene Shorters, where we discuss ideas, strategies, and concepts to support you in getting radically clear on your next level so that you can step up to the best versions of yourself for purpose, self-mastery, and living your best life now. I'm your host, Yetene Shorters. I'm coming with you with 20 years of experience as an international publicist and NLP master certified coach for women entrepreneurs, wife, queen mom, and a bona fide foodie for life. Shall we begin? <laughs> Today, we'll be talking to my special guest, Rich Carr, who is the CEO of Brain Centric Design and author and my former teacher uh, on Brain Centric Design. And I am honored to have you here, Rich. So I want you to introduce yourself because I feel like I want people to get the chance to see the things that people don't hear you say regularly. So I would love for you to please introduce yourself to us. Tell us about you. Well, I, I sure appreciate it, Yutunde. And, and uh, as far as teacher, I'll say collaborator with you because uh, you added a great deal to the science of brain-centric design just by your extensive background, your perspective on things and, and the way we go about the world. But my life, I'm a learning scientist uh, that's graduated from an overnight DJ way back when, uh, somebody who got into advertising and marketing and realized that the brain is the one organ we're actually trying to uh, convince or alter or add new information to when we communicate. And that trail led down to the cognitive learning neurosciences where I am now. And along with uh, my colleague, Dr. Kiran Omani, uh, we published a book called uh, Brain-Centric Design, The Surprising Neuroscience Behind Learning with Deep Understanding. And that turned into this, this wonderful growing uh, movement of, of people learning how to think because you've never been taught to think. You've only been told to think and, and more importantly, what to think of. Uh, so when you think of uh, thinking outside of the box, the box is really just all the constructs that have been put around us that we thought we should operate under. While we never really had directions for this thing in our head, this three pounds of goop that dictates everything, 
that's become my passion. Uh, it's become your passion and part of the reason we're here today. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. I'm so excited that you're here. Today we're talking about the emotions and the key subject line is how do we use emotions to attract our ideal clients and our ideal connections? And so, Rich, we're going to have some conversations because I have some questions for you and I'd love to see and share your thoughts. Give us a different insight and your perspective that can help us be better at communicating uh, in, emotively. So my first question to you is, what do we need to understand about our emotions and our brain and how the two work together? Great question. And, and really, this is the one question everybody should thoroughly understand. Uh, we have emotions. We have hundreds of emotions. And emotions are, are, are powerful forces. They determine our outlook on life based on anything going on around us. And, and they also allow us to empathize with other humans, uh, to share joy, to share pain. And whichever emotion you feel on any given morning generally shapes uh, how you feel throughout the entire day. So they become a key aspect to our life, even though they're, they're unseen and hard to articulate sometime. But when it comes down to dictating your day or making your day work for you and realizing that uh, an emotion may dictate that for you, you need to understand in communicating that if you want to communicate with another, you have to engage them emotionally in that communication. Right. Right. Okay. So now when, when you, when you understand how the emotion works and how the brain works, what's the connection with that? Well, uh, the overriding task of anybody when they're communicating is to transfer that information to another person with deep understanding. And if you're successful at that, uh, the, you're able to perform uh, with rigor and integrity. So for such an outcome to transpire, you have to be masters of engagement. And engagement can only happen, or I should say best happens, when you're intentional about placing effect before effect. And that is emotion before outcome. Uh, it is a, a, a beautiful principle that was uh, discovered by Karan Omani. A before E equals C or effect before effect equals communication. And it's really simple. If you communicate it to your customer, uh, it's as simple as engaging their brains and to engage them. Emotion is that mag magical elixir uh, because you really don't do anything in life unless you want to. Uh, you, you are told to do things. Of course, you're not effective at those, but if you're in love with doing something or excited about doing something, uh, or, or amazed or, or anything like that, you jump into it with both feet. So if you're able to transmit that emotion to your clients or customers in a way where they see that it's all about them and their emotion and this particular thing you're communicating, then you've got a home run. So I have a question because I, I always feel like I'm bumping to logical people who, who I think who like to say that they're not emotive. Like, you know, I don't make decisions based on emotions. It's like, it's just logic. Like, is that even true? Because I'm like, I feel like it's it's a false narrative that logical people have been telling themselves that is inaccurate. I think we all make decisions based on emotions. But how do you let these logical people know that they're actually emotion before outcome? Like that they're actually tapping into emotion before something else? Well, I, I, uh, I love the logical side of things and logical arguments are, are wise, pragmatic things to have in your weaponry. Right. 
But the human condition, oops, excuse me about that. The human condition is, is driven by a primal need for emotional connection that delivers deep understanding. We need time to process that information uh, without fear of the belief that you won't be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas or questions or concerns or mistakes. Uh, but it is the driver. I mean, if you look at the, the human brain, uh, and I just happen to have a model. <laughs> I love that you nerd out of this stuff. I love it. I do. Well, because it's so key. I mean, this thing's in our head. We've never had directions for it. But once you get into the brain, once you, you have a sense and it comes in through the brain stem, through what's called the reptile part of the brain or the, the reactive part of the brain, which is about 80% of your life, you get into this big middle part of your brain, just making the brain simple. And the big middle part is the limbic system and all those emotions are in there. Uh, to get past this limbic system to where you can actually focus and do what you want to do, you have to be in what's called the prefrontal cortex. And you have to get it through emotions to get there. Uh, no logic will will get you into the PFC. Logic can scare you. Uh, emotions can assist you. And so if you're a master of emotional connection with your clients, uh, with your colleagues, with all communications, and you enable people to see that there's a benefit for them, and that benefit will have an emotion attached to that, uh, then you're you're on the road to success. But you do have to get past emotions. I can give you a logical uh, argument uh, and make you mad. Uh, I can also give you a logical argument and get a perceived emotion from you. I would go to the emotion part because I know if you're emotionally engaged with something that I'm talking about, then you will you'll walk with me on that path with a uh, more open outlook versus a, a pragmatic, logical argument that you're going to go back to. Right. So for this lot of people that always say, you know, in business, especially, they always tell entrepreneurs, don't depend on your emotions, you know, because they're fickle. You know, what is your response to that? Well, I would agree. And in, in to a certain extent, because I, I look at things through a neural lens, of course, uh, basically the process in which memories are made and memory is a synonym for learning for the big idea, the for results of a workshop. Uh, you want them to not only remember things, but to have that memory applied to them in whatever you are transmitting to them. So to get back to your question, um, one of the things I look at in a business sense, because I primarily work on the business side and Kiran works with the K-12, uh, but in the business side, I try to strip away all emotions from the big idea or what is the purpose this business decision? Uh, and then what emotion should be attached to that to make that decision happen? So I think the emotion when you're communicating it to others is after you've identified what it is you're trying to communicate and then uh, presenting that in a way to where the emotion is conducive to facilitating that particular ideal. So you're saying when we're making business, this is me walking you through it, when we're making business decisions, we should consider emotions, but put it to the side, figure out what your goal is, and then come back and take the emotion that you want people to feel with that goal. But you need to be clear, you need to be less attached to the emotion in the onset of setting the goal. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. I think uh, you just have to look at the optimum outcome before you see how it's going to ruffle anybody's feathers. Yeah. Okay. So, so how do we quiet our mind when we tap into our core emotions? Like, 
you know, there's people that have like racing mind, right? How do we quiet our minds so that we can master our emotions and have better connections? Like we, cause all these emotions are running through your mind, you know, as they're going through your brain, how do you quiet your mind so that those connections are more specific to what the person needs um, or what your client needs? Well, I use quiet your mind. I've never used that term uh, per se. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, but I would look at that as eliminating noise. Same, same thing. Uh, but I like to eliminate the noise. And, and the focus of brain-centric design, as you know, is you've got all this information you want to present. But at the end of the day, you basically have one big idea. You want them to understand this thing completely. And by understand, meaning not only remember it, but uh, apply it to their world uh, to solve their problems, to do their things. That's your big idea. After you have that big idea, you need a, a, a an observable behavior, a measured outcome. And I'm not talking assessment, not any label or gratification, but hey, after I present this to you, can you do this or or, or whatever your, your measurable outcome is. From there, you can apply all kinds of emotions, but that is the place you're going. You shouldn't have anything that is making people feel fearful or happy or sad or disgusted or surprised or bad or anything. It's just an outcome. It's business because we're talking about business and business is typically, you know, spots and dots, uh, numbers at the end of a spreadsheet, uh, an outcome. Now that outcome might have emotion attached to it, Mm -hmm. but rarely in business is our goal just to make everybody feel, uh, amazed. (laughs) We want... (laughs) You know, we want an outcome after amusement. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you want you want that outcome, and then you put the emotion on top of that because okay. the emotion will confuse you. I mean, even though there are, you know, seven or eight core emotions, there are hundreds of sub emotions to those cores, uh, and that's just a big confusing labyrinth that doesn't involve business. Yeah. Uh, that involves more marketing or positioning or framing. Uh, or collaborating uh, versus the business outcome. Right. Okay. So when I do my brand, I think I said this with you one time when we were talking and we talked about how, you know, we both had this perspective of, of you know, using emotions and branding. So the thing I do when I'm, when I'm working with my clients is we pick out, I am able to identify their top 15 emotions that they want their clients to feel. And then we narrow it down to the top three. And then based on those top three, we pick their brand colors, Right. So it may not be the color that they like, but the color correlates with the emotions that they want the customer to feel. So my question to you is, I I feel like there's a lot of people that are, especially entrepreneurs, are really emotional, but they are forced to like not use that as a tool to further their work. So what I want to ask with you now is, Thinking about the future and kind of the direction the world is going on being more mindful, what advice would you give us to tie in emotions to how we enterprise and entrepreneurship so that it's a win-win? You still do the business, but you still feel good about what you're doing and your customer feels good. Like, I feel like everybody's running away from that. Like, how do we get us towards that path? Well, I actually think that's the genius in your program. Uh, because you address emotions from the on-site because in your branding, you can control emotions. And, and that's at the core of what you're saying. 
emotions are there. We can't get rid of them and people have them and they will always attach them to anything presented to them. And if you're giving them a tool set to help dictate that emotion in the business transmission of that communication, i.e. marketing branding, uh, that's exactly what you should do uh, because they do want an emotion. Even what we do, uh, you know, what if, if you really look at the bottom line of brain-centric design, we only prescribe to do two things in the world. The first one is to eliminate labeling and stratification. You know, if, if uh, all of a sudden you told your audience you're going to be uh, getting advice from a middle-aged white guy who's handicapped, they might put me in a box. Uh, but if you look at it from an angle of there's this piece of knowledge that you can put on what you're doing uh, and eliminate label and stratification and just take it at face value, well, that's a beautiful thing. Now, furthermore, if you do that, what we do is inc uh, increase capacity in the learner or in the person receiving the message, meaning uh, we haven't put them in a construct. We've given them this information to where they can apply it to their life and see the benefit and grow from there and not be uh, boxed in by any of our 188 hardwired biases in our brain or social media or anything that's altering our perception of where our, our focus should be, which is on that big idea. So in your branding piece, when you get down to the colors, word selection, font, uh, the way photos are, are not only taken, but presented and where and for what reason, uh, those are, are brilliant aspects of any marketing plan, any branding, uh, instance, any business, uh, does this because they understand that emotions are, again, an amazingly powerful source. If you elicit the wrong emotion, you can go down a rabbit hole uh, and a wrong color, a wrong photo, a wrong font, a wrong sentence will do that. Uh, so addressing those up front the way you do is key because even though you're looking for the business outcome, the big idea, you can't eliminate emotions. We all have them. And because that middle part of our brain is full of an entire lifetime of, of, of thoughts and experiences on any concept ever presented, uh, you've got to address them. And if you know how to address them and shepherd them towards that big idea and that measured outcome that we spoke of, then you're spot on. I love it. I love it. Okay, so a couple of things popped off that I'm like totally off scripted on this, right? <laughs> Yeah. One, I want to share the fact with my uh, with our listeners that I actually decided to homeschool our girls after reading Brain Centric Design, right? And you shared about, you know, homeschooling, you know, deciding to homeschool your kids and what that looked like. And I know you recently you, you, in this conversation, you just mentioned, you know, you know, people assuming who, who is basically giving the advice and, and hand, you being handicapped. And I would love for you to share with us a bit of that story connecting it to the emotion, right? And how you use that to tell your story um, and how that affects how you show up and your business. Sure. Um, okay. in, a, in, a, in a brief way, what happened uh, eight years ago, uh, my daughter, uh, Anne-Marie, who just, by the way, last week graduated from Texas A&M. <laughs> I'm right. excited about that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no, very excited about that. But she and I were on the way to a rodeo. Uh, I have uh, had a, a ranch where uh, we rode horses. I was a healer, 
a roper healer with my son, a, a team roping team, and my daughter uh, is a barrel racer. She went to Texas A&M on a barrel racing scholarship. Mm. On the way to a rodeo, uh, a lady ran a stop sign uh, while looking at her phone and T-boned us going 45 miles an hour. And we were on my Harley and we were only going maybe 30 miles an hour. Uh, only saw it at the last moment. I don't really remember all the specifics of the actual collision. Uh, I do remember laying in the ditch, uh, looking at my leg and knowing, you know, it shouldn't look like a corkscrew and all the things that I saw. But I remember in all of that, I, I heard my daughter's voice in the distance and it was saying, my leg, my leg, I can't straighten my leg. And I remember looking to my left and she was in the ditch next to me and the motorcycle was down further from her. Uh, and I remember feeling kind of happy uh, because um, she wasn't dead. Uh, that was my thought at the time. And then I basically thought maybe I, I, I had checked out at that time. I woke up later uh, that I can remember. Um, and uh, uh, long story short, what had happened was my, my leg was kind of mangled. My right arm was uh, detached, not totally, but uh, had been what they called avulsed. And uh, then we went through all this... Uh, you know, the, the surgeries and stuff, they amputated the leg, they reattached the arm. And a couple months later, they brought me into this room uh, for support. And in this room was a whole bunch of other folks uh, all buggered up like I was, uh, some worse, some not as bad. Uh, and it was a very sad room. I remember when they rolled us in there, it was very sad. And there happened to be this enormous man in this enormous wheelchair who also was missing his right leg. And I was looking at this guy thinking, oh, my God, you know, is this what's ahead of me? And he was, he was just all things I didn't want to be. Uh, coincidentally, on the TV screen in that same room, there was some sports thing. And it was a, uh, a guy running track with two prosthetic legs. I only had one. He had two prosthetic legs. And I remember sitting there at the time thinking, well, what makes a, a man be like this enormous guy who looks ill and bad? And what makes the same guy missing a leg running track in the Olympics? At that moment, I thought it just must be um, the will to do one thing or another or thoughts. And that's what really led me down into the cognitive neurosciences. And I was trying to see that, okay, if you're both buggered up and you're both missing a leg, how come he's uh, giant and sick and in a chair and that guy is up there looking healthy running around a track? So I decided to find out how that worked, uh, and that work finally led me to uh, Huron's work at the University of Washington. We had a meeting, and from that time on, it was me trying to translate his work into something digestible uh, that everybody could do, because now, eight years later, and, and really I kind of healed relatively quick, um, you know, I've, I've, I, I can run, I can climb mountains, I can kayak. And if I was fully dressed, nobody would know uh, any difference. If I'm wearing shorts, you might wonder why I've got this super cool carbon fiber right leg. <laughs> and they might give you a, a section of this story. Uh, but the main emotions that were uh, attached with that, I would honestly say the first one was happy uh, because I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't obliterated. I wasn't dead. My daughter wasn't dead. I was alive. I could still think. I still had my voice. Uh, the only thing I had was a kind of a new right arm and a new, for sure, right leg. And I do know just through common media uh, that 
there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that do just fine in these situations. Uh, so I just looked at it as an opportunity to keep going and to more, uh, to put more focus in how thoughts were things and how those thoughts could, or how the process of, of a thought uh, or a new idea getting into the brain and becoming mine for my benefit or those happened. And, and that process ended up being the learning sciences and cognitive neuroscience, which led us to this conversation. Hey. Like, thank you for sharing part of your story because I, it's an incredible story. And I remember listening to your book and hearing it. I was, and literally I was on my run and I stopped. I was like, oh, oh my God. But then I, I, I see the work you've done and I see the emotion, right? That you brought to it. That, thinking about happy, like in that situation, that's not the word most people would think about. And, and so this is what it means when we're talking about emotions, um, driving how you show up and driving how you connect. Because that connection you made of sharing your story has changed a lot of people's lives. You connecting to, you know, Dr. Curon and getting into this brain set. Like your work, I feel like I'm as a student, right? I feel the happy when I'm working with you. So your emotions come into your work. And I think, you know, whoever's listening, paying attention to the fact that you have, every time something happens, you have the opportunity to decide what emotion you want to show up that you bring into whatever the work is. Um, that you're doing. Thank you for that. That that was incredible. So I have one final question for you. You bet. What is something surprising that we do not consider when it comes to emotions, um, either in marketing, in connections, or in clients? Something surprising that we do not consider when it comes to emotions. Well, I, it's a it's a great question, and I'll kind of go back to what I said at the beginning. It's the power. Of emotions, they they drive everything. They drive everything from the moment you wake up. If you wake up and you decide you're going to have a stress day, you're going to have a stress day. If and I'm not just talking, uh, you know, uh, self talk or or anything like that. You need to just say I'm going to be happy because you can you can drive to work and have somebody cut in front of you and be mad for the rest of the day because that dumb sob just did that and you know I might have spilled my coffee and what have you. However, you can reframe that same thing and say, I hope that guy is on his way to see his first child born. I hope mm -hmm. that guy gets to work on time and, you know, and doesn't get in trouble uh, because I've been late myself. You can reframe these things. And, and I say this to my kids uh, and everybody really is that there's always more than one right answer, unless it's math, but there's always more than one right answer. And so even in my business and marketing and, and things like that, uh, I'll say, well, that's one right answer. What's a couple other? Because people stop at the first right answer and they shouldn't. They should consider several right answers and then find the emotion that will drive uh, the end result. Typically, in brain-centric design, we think it should be happy or fun because the things that you are happy about or have fun with, you enjoy doing. Now, that could be uh, cognitive neuroscience. That could be fishing for salmon. That could be walking on the beach. That could be teaching your kids homeschool. It's not a stressful thing. It's a happy thing. You should be playful, content, interested, proud, accepted, powerful, peaceful, trusting. All these things are happy emotions, uh, including optimism. And uh, you should just frame the world that way. I think that's one of the secret fun hacks that people don't realize that they have this power of emotion and they have the power to pick their emotion and live that emotion with a simple reframing of any given concept. 
I love that. Thank you. I never, I never thought about that um, in terms of if you, if someone is driving, speeding somewhere, they might be, you know, someone might be, be might be bored or something good might be happening for them. That's why they're speeding. Um, yeah, I'm I, going for the go. I'm going for the right. for the good part. <laughs> right. I love that. I love that. And I, I, the one that I did, I did reframe my mind when I had a, my first accident. Like I think I was 26. I reframed my mind to always ask, "Are you okay?" First. Like, that's the first thing you ask before you go off with somebody. Like, are you okay? If you tell me you're okay, then I have the right to go off because you did something, you know, <laughs> you weren't thoughtful about. So thank you for that, that that reminder that reframing is important. Now, I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. And um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk more. Number one, favorite childhood memory? Uh, getting things in the mail. <laughs> I love that. I used to, you know, on the back of magazines, because, you know, I'm older, uh, we, you used to have to mail off for things, you know, send them a coupon or a dollar or something. Uh, and the joy of opening that mailbox and seeing what I had asked for showing up was uh, probably one of my most fun childhood memories. I love it. I love it. Brave, favorite quote? Favorite quote. Everything should be made as simple as possible, not simpler. That's Einstein. I I like that. I like that. Now, number four, what does purpose mean to you? What does purpose mean to me? The end result of my efforts. Ooh, I like that. And last question, what are you doing currently for your next level? I am a, I mean, it sounds cliche to say I'm a lifelong learner. Uh, but even though I'm, I'm about to turn 60, I honestly feel like I'm just getting it. Uh, meaning that I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with everything I do. I'm having fun with the people I work with like yourself and I'm having fun seeing the outcomes of those things happen. Again, my, my two main goals in life now are really to eliminate labeling and stratification in any kind of formal setting and to increase the capacity of every human I come in contact with. Because, again, we never had directions for this three pounds of goop in our head, and we now do when it comes to uh, learning and understanding. And that's that's one of the most exciting things I've ever been uh, not only introduced to, but a part of. And I love seeing that light bulb go on with the people that I speak to, uh, on a daily basis, and I do wake up excited to to do what I do. So, I love that you shared with us emotions before outcome, um, and reminding us that as an, as business owners, it's okay to send goals first, put the emotions to the side for a minute, know what your goal is, and then come back and bring the emotion you want people to feel, but have an outcome that you want people to experience. And then I love that you use the word instead of quieting the mind eliminating noise um and then the idea of using your emotions to get to your next level because you cannot hide from emotions they're there so use them to your advantage and in times where you need to be logical as an entrepreneur be logical i so i'm so excited to to have had you on uh rich um if you've enjoyed what you've just listened to go ahead and subscribe on the platform i'd love to hear from you if you have any questions about today's show Head over to Radical Clarity Podcast page and leave your comments and I'll follow up with you. I want to thank you for your time. Rich, thank you for um, sharing your story. 
Can you share with us how we can find you, get in touch with you, learn more about your work? Um, please share some information on, on that. Easiest way to get a hold of me is to go to braincentricdesign.com. Uh, or if on LinkedIn, I'm forward slash car knowledge, C-A-R-R knowledge. And uh, from there, you can Google me as well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much out there. And I uh, look forward to anybody coming in because I'm relatively wired all the time. And uh, unless I'm not, uh, and I'll reply uh, in, 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 in deaf speed. Awesome. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you making the decision, listener, to tune in today. Until next time, I invite you to get radical clarity on your purpose and step fully into your next best version of yourself. And so I'm leaving you with love, blessings, and so much more. And it's in this short verse. Take care and be radically clear. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've just listened to, go ahead and subscribe on the platform and leave your review. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions about today's show, head over to Radical Clarity Podcast page and leave your comments and I'll follow up with you. Thank you for your time. I really do appreciate you making the decision to listen today. So until next time, I really would love to invite you to get radically clear on your purpose so that you can step fully into the next best version of yourself. I'm Yasine Shorters, and for now, I'm leaving you with love, blessings, and a boatload of productivity dust. Peace. <laughs>